This is Lachlan Rouston. This is Raf Friedman. And you're listening to the fittest podcast in Australia, The Mind Muscle Project. All right, Mind Muscle Project. Welcome back. We are going to be talking today about one of the most important topics, member retention. Now, quite often you hear it as the leaky bucket. So, plugging holes in leaky buckets. So, pouring water. Your bucket is your gym. Creating revenue, new sales, uh, generating money is pouring water. And then as your bucket fills up, retention is the holes in the bucket. So, if you have really bad retention, you have lots of holes in the bucket. So, you're pouring lots of water in, but the water is just draining out of the bucket. And if you have really good retention, you have no holes in the bucket. As we've come to realize, there's always at least one or two holes in the bucket. Hopefully, some really small ones. But if they're small enough and your bucket's big enough and you're pouring enough water in, you'll almost never notice. So, and I'll tell you one realization I had recently is that for so long, I kind of thought about this as like a gym-specific thing. But when you realize you talk to more members and stuff, it's like no matter what businesses you've got retention, yeah, they just, often it's dressed up in different words. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a little bit different, but nearly every business, the main thing they're doing is retention. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like for some businesses, it's, you know, uh, customers buying again. Because we're a subscription-based, yeah, it's retention. Yeah, yeah, same thing. But how, how often can we get a co- uh, someone to purchase from yeah, us? Yeah, if, you're, if you're, you're not under contract with Apple. I am psychologically because I can't move <laughs> products. But in some, I'm, they still retain me as a customer exactly. because I, you know, my iPhone stops working after two years because they have that internal switch that stops your iPhone <laughs> working and the battery drains, so you have to buy a new one. And yeah, whether or not I go back to Apple, they would have those numbers so well down. Exactly. You know? Same as Woolworths. How do they get you to keep buying back from them and not from Harris Farm and not from Coles, right? And I think in the internet age, it's actually got even bigger because the uh, most of these companies are like all retention games like Spotify, Netflix. Netflix yeah. yeah, just like they go acquisition, Amazon. acquisition, and then it's just insane retention. Mm. So if you don't like this, get ready that no matter what business you're in, you're going to have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So before we jump into the show, guys, supporting us, helping us with our retention for the longest time now. Man, I think we've been an MPA client like four or five years at this point uh, is MPA. They are our fitness business coaches. They constantly grill us. They roast us. They keep us accountable to hitting our numbers. And I think at this point, if you're listening to this and you've heard an MPE ad before, we've had so many of you come through and speak to them, but uh, not Another another two this week. Yeah. Another two you guys joined this week. Yeah, which is fantastic. We love hearing that because what it tells us is that one, you trust you trust us and you trust the companies that we work with. But number two, you're making a commitment to yourself. You're putting skin in the game to actually improve your business. And let me tell you that unless you are actually dedicating time, energy, money, resources to improving your business every single day, then, and that could be reading, that could be mentoring, that could be um, online courses, that could be someone like MP. Unless you're doing all those things and more, uh, you, there's no way you're ever going to win. There's no way you're ever going to grow, right? You know, they say, what is it? One in every, one business in every 100 makes it to the, to the 10 or 1% of business make it to the 10 year mark or whatever. I reckon, actually reckon there's a, there's a more real number than that. Most, most businesses never actually become real businesses. And what I mean is they never actually pay the owner more money than what they could have made if they went and worked for someone else. Or they never actually had the ability to take the owner out of the business for periods of time. I don't think you ever can go out of a business, but you're always involved in some way. But actually being able to step back and take a holiday. I think there's a much scarier percentage, which is the vast, vast majority, 99.99% of businesses never get there because they never learn the proper thing. So it's very critical you start this journey today, no matter what stage of business you're in. You know, Some people think, oh, well, you know, I've just started, so I don't really need it now. Or, no, I've been doing this a long time, so I don't really need it. 
that's a fucking losing mindset. That is a losing mindset whether you've just started or whether you're very, very well established. As soon as you take away the student mindset and you think you can't learn, that is when you're going to fucking lose. So, just to give you an idea, we have generated significant... We put, Pretty much since we started MP, MPE, I reckon we've doubled our take-home salary income, mm. which is significant yeah, for us. Yeah, so, if you're paying yourself fucking 30 grand a year, 40 grand a year, 50 grand a year, and you want to double it, right, and have a more profitable business, and have a better business, and have a better team then you absolutely must invest in something like MP and the results speak for themselves. So, the mindmuscleproject.com slash MP. I just felt fired up. I feel like people just have to hear this. And then as well, guys, if you're looking to create uh, an amazing environment for your for your members in terms of uh, their recovery and the tools that they get to use at the gym, make sure you check out Blackroll, German engineering at its finest. You've got the, the lightest, most premium foam rollers and balls on the market that look really good. Uh, they last ages and they're just one of those tools that every member loves every member uses and so it's great to have something affordable like that at the gym so you can check out black roll at the mindmuscleproject.com slash black roll to check out all their mobility products and yeah we've been using all of them across the gyms every single day okay so number one in client member retention is really getting an idea of how uh, retention works so Ralph, why don't you start by kind of outlining the overview yeah, well, I think um, we didn't really get our heads around this until we really joined MPE. So, I guess like four or five years ago, we started thinking about it. And I think it does lead to some confusion. The way you normally talk about it with the gym is, hey, how many of your members start the month are still there at the end of the month? How many How many of them leave? So, a normal amount, say like a F45 gym, they generally say, I don't know exactly, but what I can see online, the average is around 10%. So, 10% of your members, you start the month with 100 members, you got 90 by the end of the month. But you might take make 10 sales. So, you still might have 100 members, but you did lose 10 out of your 100 in that. So, that would be a 10% churn. What that means over a year is that you lose 120% of your members. People are always like, how does that make any sense? I lost more than my membership base. I can still see James. James has been with me for four years. It doesn't make sense. It makes sense because some members came and left in the same year. And very often, I think people's retention is far worse than they realize because they see this like same core group of like 40% of the people that are always there. But they don't realize is that 60% of the members are coming and going a lot. Yeah. And that's why you are turning over. The average, yeah, I would say CrossFit Gym is probably around 7 to 8%. So, they still lose their whole membership base every single year. Uh, and the elite gyms are in the 3% range. Yeah. So, 100 members, you lose three in a month and it's probably quite easy to gain those three as well. And you've, to give people an idea, um, well, I mean, it's not really fair because we don't have years worth of data at Locker Room. But at Locker Room right now, lost no one. Obviously, we've mm. just started. Um, it's a little bit different. People pay for six months up front. We can get into some of that stuff in a, in a moment. But Creature, there's probably more data. So maybe give people, a, a, you know the numbers better than me, but mm. be, give people a bit of a timeline of how our retention has progressed yeah. through the different models as well. well. I think when we first started, like, okay, I'm going to go work out. I found out what this is. I'm going to go see what ours is at. We worked out it's about 7%, 6%. And then we started to like, you know, put more effort in. And I think we never got it better than about five and a half percent. Yeah. And why I like this, it's not about making money. It, partly, it obviously makes you more money, but also just means the members are enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> They're not leaving for a reason. You're a better gym. Yeah, it's a better yeah. gym, right? It's all positive here. Uh, it's not like we're locking the members like like a <laughs> like the doors locked. <laughs> they can fucking leave anytime they want. Uh, and then we've kind of made some changes now, and now we've improved it to about four uh, percent. And I've always wanted to get to around three percent. I think with our model, we've tried trouble out. I definitely think locker room might be a model that we can get there. Um, but it's not easy. That's really not, not an easy thing. Because also, you know, Sydney is transient as well. Mm. And I think 3% is like the bottom 
because you just have we, we generally have three percent of people that leave for great reasons. Mm. I have left the country. Mm. I have left the area. So I don't really see zero percent um, for this type of in-person business as as a realistic goal. So that gives you an idea of, of where it's at and and why this is so important. This is the way we think about the most, which is um, if you if you make ten sales a month at your gym and you turn ten percent, your membership will cap out at a hundred because you at that point you lose ten members, you gain them back. But if your if your churn is five percent and you make 10 sales a month, you will cap out at 200 members. That's the way it works. You have double as big a gym. So you don't actually need to increase the amount of sales you make. You can uh, keep the amount of sales you make the same. You can improve your retention and then you can have a much better gym in the long run. A, a really easy way to work out your churn is you can just look at your sales. Mm. And you're like, oh yeah, I normally like sign on four, five, five clients a month. How many members you got? 100. Oh, cool. You lose 5% a month. Yeah. You have to. That's yeah. just the, the way the math works. But when you think about it that way, because we all know how hard it is to get new clients, if you're not that strong there, but you're really strong on churn, you make up for it. Absolutely. And of course, to acquire more clients costs you more money. So much. Right? Consults, Whereas, ads, yeah. orientations, like this is how you squat. Yeah. All that stuff is a cost, time and effort. An existing customer, it's easy. I think people overlook that, right? So much in the gym game is about how many members you have and how many new members you're getting in. And people forget about delivering a great service. And I think that's probably the biggest fault of the industry at the moment is we're just trying to get as many people in the door as possible, totally neglecting what are we actually delivering here. Mm. And I think um, before we get into some of the other details, one thing I will touch on is a quote that I I saw it on LinkedIn, I think, but I think it was really, really good. And I think about it all the time. It's that this guy just put the question out to his audience, uh, some big influence on LinkedIn. He was like, what if great client retention was great staff retention? I really think that's true in the gym game. What if taking the focus off your clients for a second and focusing on retaining the right staff was actually almost a way as well to retain your clients also? And I think in a, in a service-based business like fitness where you handle a very personal side of someone's life, I think it's a very good point. Mm. If you can retain amazing staff members and you can look after them and you can nurture them and you can grow them, make them better at what they do than when they first came to you, I think you, that's a great strategy for keeping keeping your clients. It's definitely a very important one. We yeah. all know you, you lose staff, you lose clients. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Yeah, especially if they're good staff. Excellent yeah. ones, yeah, because yeah. it's just relationships game. Yeah. You know, so that is, yeah, definitely a critical part for it. Yeah. And then um, probably the last thing before we move on to the next part is we should just define that, and you kind of touch on it, is there is good and bad churn, which is why 0% churn is unrealistic because... Good churn is just stuff that is just taken completely out of your control. Hey, uh, it's COVID. Uh, I had to move back home. They're not. Yeah. I obviously can't come to a gym, right? Then there's bad churn, like oh, you know, I had a really bad experience. I didn't hit my hit my results, or oh, you know, like it's just not worth the money anymore. Yeah. I'm gonna spend the money somewhere else. Like you've stopped showing them the value. And I think that really there's only a few like good churns. Yeah, I think sometimes you can go too easy on yourself and be like, yeah. oh, you know. It's getting expensive for them. It's good churn though. They can't really afford it. Yeah. No, no, no. That's bad churn. Yeah. They have the money in their account. That is bad. bad. They, they just don't the see value. the value. Yeah. Good churn is really just, I am not in the area and it's like a, it's quite a long way for me to travel now. I've got a really serious back injury. Uh, and I think during COVID, we did count some financial stuff as good churn. Hey, like I've completely lost my job. COVID is around the world. Like I can't pay for membership. Well, I was like, okay, cool. That's got really nothing to do with us. Yeah. Uh, but everything else is bad churn. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be too easy on yourself. No, there. small injuries, bad churn. Bad churn, bad churn. Okay, so let's move on to attendance. So 
This was actually brought to us by one of our key staff members who owned a gym for a long time, Maddie. And he helped us learn that this is one of the things he was best at. We call him the hype man. Mm. Uh, he puts all his emphasis uh, when it comes to attention on attendance. And that really is the number one marker or the early indicator for are people using your product and are they going to stay? Because if they're using your product, it's very likely they're going to stay. As soon as they stop using your product, makes sense, right? They're not going to stay. Whereas people potentially can overlook this. And so it's very important to track attendance. So Yeah. It's like, um, I guess it's kind of like with social media apps, right? They're always like, how much do you use it? Yeah. Can we like send you, like, oh, Jimmy tagged you in this like revealing photo. You're like, oh, better click on that email, click mm. my Facebook. They're always trying to get you back to the app. Same thing with your gym. Uh, and what we found, which I think is very common, was a couple of years ago, we first started tracking attendance, started reaching out to people that weren't attending. I think the first month you put this in place, your, your churn goes up because you reach out to people that haven't used it much and they leave. So mm. that was like a really bad month for us when you first started. But then as soon as you get through that month, it tends to get a lot better because mm. now you're following up the people that, that that are not coming. So having some system in place, whether it's all the clients that haven't shown up by the end of the week, giving them a buzz, checking who came the week before, checking out the low attendance people for the month, something that quickly gets people back on track. Yeah, absolutely. And then I guess on this point, follow-up is the only thing that can separate you and what you do and you know i don't want to give away our secret sauce and what we do so well but at the end of the day i realize we're not where most people are going to hear this and they're not going to do it hmm. and so they're not going to put the work in and look at the end of the day if you steal our secret sauce and you do really fucking well with it then good on you but no one follows up everyone is shit at follow-up look i think we have a great workout we have fantastic facilities we have a great community but so do lots of gyms so how do you actually sep separate yourself from lots of gyms it's really easy to deliver a great class experience. It's awesome to get people pumped up. It's awesome to get people sweaty and get people to lose weight. Lots of gyms can do that half well. But how many gyms after every single session, every single day, on Sunday nights, Sunday mornings, follow up with their clients? Hey, great session today. Great work. Uh, see you tomorrow morning. Like texting clients individually, keeping that connection going outside the gym, sharing memes with their clients, constantly almost harassing them to come to the gym. That follow-up, that is the time, the effort. Those are the inefficiencies within your business that help separate you from all other gyms. And and, and it's so, it, it definitely takes time, but it's a very cheap initiative. Yeah. You know, it takes up, there, there is a cost to it, but it takes seconds to follow up. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want anything. You just want the best for mm. them. Hey, just thinking of you, how was your back feeling? Or how was your workout today? What could have been better? Hey, I've got, uh, I've got some supplement recommendations. Hey, remember that book that I was talking about? Here's that book I was, I was mentioning to you. Just shit like that that... That is a talking point for your gym to other people. So, very important to always be really strong in follow-up. And really what follow-up shows you is it's just caring. You yeah. just care about people. And, and, and I think probably for fitness as well, one danger I think a lot of fitness people get themselves into is, and I've been guilty as well, is you, you sometimes can over-promise and then not deliver what you said. Mm. And nothing, whenever I speak to clients, one of the biggest things they'll say either from my gym or more often another gym they were at in the past is just, they said they were going to do this, they never ended up doing it. Yeah. And that is a real, real killer because it's like the opposite of follow-up. Yeah. It's like, I will follow up and then you don't. Yeah. And that can come from, A, just, yeah, just poor time management, poor commitment, or it can come from uh, over-promising. Yeah. Yeah. And don't over-promise because that is a disaster as well. So, next thing that's really important for retention is programming. Mm. I feel like for us, programming is, and I, obviously, I know you got your thoughts on it, but I think that was one of the things that we knew would it became a massive friction point for a long time in our old creature fitness model. And that was that over the journey, and everyone can relate to this, listening to this, but 
over the journey of your, sorry, over the life of your fitness journey, you will change your goals. You will change what you want to work on. You will have days where you don't feel like doing this. You do feel like doing that. And you won't always want to stick to the same program. You'll have days where you walk in and you'll be like, you know what? Fuck back squats. I just don't feel like back squatting today. And you're running a fucking small off cycle at your gym. You have to back squat. Most people go into some sort of group fitness gym. And therefore, they're going to be first forced into a one-size-fits-all template. That's just not fun. It's just not enjoyable. And really, for us, we knew this well before we implemented it, but the writing was on the wall for group templates. You've got to stay ahead of the curve. And the curve is that people are getting injured, people are getting bored of, people are getting over the one-size-fits-all programming. And so, individualizing strength training was like a huge separator for us in retention. And what it means is that when someone gets injured, now I can pros- I can prescribe you know, the rehab necessary, some other strength work around that. And it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm like the loser doing my own thing in the corner while everyone else is squatting. So, you've created this culture now. And I admit, it was a weird shift when we came out of COVID with this new one. We're like, oh, do we make a mistake here? Because you don't have that vibe where it's like five guys standing around a back squat bar all contributing together. But what you realize, even though it's fun at the time, it's really not the best thing for them. And so, when you start prescribing things to people like, hey, I want to train chess and do bodybuilding. Hey, I want to train for a gymnastics thing. Hey, I want to do this. Every single time that comes up, no matter what it is, you can say, yes, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And that is fucking awesome for retention. Yeah. And I think that um, is exactly right. And then programming can often be something that you just mess up and it ruins your attendance. You know, you see, maybe you're just beating down the members too badly. Mm. Like, do you really want that? Do you want them to be so sore they can't come in the next day? If your goal is to get them in as much as possible... Sometimes I think gym owners don't think about it. Mm. It's like, dude, this one's going to buckle you all week. <laughs> is, that a, is that a good thing? No. It's awful. It's a really, really bad thing. Yeah. You know, they end up attending less. So, really, I think you can do so much damage here. Yeah. You know, so you just got to, man, be smart about your programming. Don't make it stale. Uh, but yeah, have a really good think about what you're after. If your goal is to get more people in, are you programming in a way that's going to get them in more often? I think it's just almost, it's an impossibility because you think, oh, this is a perfect workout for this person, but it's a shit workout for mm. this person, but it's an okay workout for half of these people, but it's actually a terrible, oh, this person just hurt their wrist, so they're not going to have to, it just doesn't work. It just really doesn't work. If you guys are honest with yourselves right now, you know that one size fits all template, especially strength work, it just doesn't work long yeah. term. And, and I think one thing we've done at the gym as well, which I think other gyms do this as well, uh, which is cool, which is just having a few other classes that some gyms can work well. Yeah. Hey, we've like we got an all conditioning class, we've got an all strength day now as well. That is like another layer of individualization you can add to your gym mm. so that the member can say, okay, I'm focusing more on strength right now. I'm going more to the strength classes. Yeah. Oh, I'm focusing more on conditioning, more to like fat loss classes. And that's another way that I guess you keep the group style in some format, uh, but give them a bit more individualization. I just think as well, like they're never really looking at the programming to find it somewhere else. That's what I've noticed as well. Because now that they're with us, they're sort of just like... If we lose someone, it's very rarely now for the programming. Mm. Whereas it used to be a lot of, oh, you know, I want to try something different. Yeah. Whereas now... Because the, because this is what you get. Exactly. You can try something different in the gym. Yeah, exactly. So now, rather than go like, hey guys, I really like you, but I want to try gymnastics and you're like only program barbell here. Now that we never get that. Mm. Now it's like, oh, hey, I would like to try some gymnastics. Cool. I'll write it in your next cycle. I fucking fixed it. Like, mm. it's fantastic. But why do mo- most people not do it? takes more time. It takes more effort. You have to hire better staff. It doesn't duplicate out, replicate out as easily as an F45. So, that is why, you know, probably people ask me questions. Guys, it makes so much sense. Why do we not all do it? It's a lot fucking harder. Yeah. That's why. And it really ties into this next point, which is is the price point. So, the general theory on this is that the lower the price point, the higher your churn. 
and the higher the price point, the lower the turn. First, you think, oh, why would that be? If you're paying more, you would think customers would leave more often, but it's generally the opposite. The more they pay, the less frequently these people change. And it's pretty obvious when you think about it. Who has the lowest churn? Personal trainers. Mm. They charge the most, right? Who probably has the most churn? You'd imagine like a $10 a week gym, right? Yeah. People come and go all the time. Plus, plus fitness. Yeah, and I think one of the main reasons is because, A, like when you put more money down, you're more committed, but more so it's just that the more money you charge someone, the more of this other stuff you can do. You know, if they pay more, you can spend more time following up. Mm. You can take the time to individualize their program. You've probably got less clients in total that you need to worry about. You can track their attendance a bit better. So if you're struggling with attendance, sorry, with churn, one thing you think about is, hey, could I raise my prices or raise it for part of the membership, like sell them something extra so that I can afford to do more for them and then they're less likely to leave? That can yeah. be a strategy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, not much to add to that except that you probably, um, I don't know, maybe if you're going to touch on some contracts as well, add the upfront. So it's a yeah. great way to even add, okay, if you are really committed as you say you are, let's put as much skin in the game as possible. Let's do six months upfront. And that is a great way for your cash flow. And it is always better than taking it on a recurring basis, always. Uh, and it has them committed, has them locked in for a certain period of time. And it puts the onus on you now to deliver in that time. Whereas sometimes if you're like, oh, it's week to week, he's kind of unhappy, maybe he's going to leave next mm. week, ah, oh, fuck him, you know? But if you know they're here for a long time, you know their end date, then it's like, all right, we've got time, we'll go, we'll have ups and downs, but we're committed to this whole journey. Uh, and it's you're just way more likely to get results if someone's just with you a lot longer. Um, okay, systems. Yeah, I think systems don't really improve your churn, but what they can do is just mean that somebody else can do it as well. Mm. I think the problem often is that like you're a gym owner, you get to like 60 clients, you're smashing it and then you're like, oh, I can't help all these 60. That's when you get help and then you find it really hard because the next person you hire doesn't do all the things that you do. Whereas the one thing we've tried to do is like, hey, systemize how we follow up clients with attendance, stuff like that. Systemize how we do the programming so we, all the coaches can program for clients so that it doesn't all fall on us, yeah. basically, and we can systemize it amongst the group. And I think that is how you improve your churn to the next level is because you've got more than just you doing all the things that the gym owner would normally do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think really a, a system for retention starts with tracking attendance. Uh, we talked about it at the start, but you need some kind of software that is tracking attendance. still blows my mind now. I think you're actually required by law now to track attendance at gyms. <laughs> but if you're not, you need to start tracking attendance. And the, I mean, the reason is, so yeah, you can can flag members that are not showing up that are cancelling that are and you don't have to do it somebody else can do it yeah you know virtual assistant yeah. like we have or you can you know, do something else coach can do yeah, it exactly uh, but it's important that you have those numbers in front of you uh, because if you go off what you remember you often even very remember our best half of who actually came that week so very important to get that sorted now next thing is contracts which is kind of like paying up front but contracts should still be signed when someone pays up front as well but there is a and I, I mean, you can talk to more of the yeah. details from the legal side of a contract if you want. But I mean, a contract is really just the symbol that everyone in our society agrees upon that it's like, hey, I'm signing on this. I'm obligated to my promise. You know, this is my word. This is how I'm going to do it. So that is that is why you get them to sign a contract because that, that I guess, act of putting pen to paper helps solidify for both you the terms the exit fees, the amount of time they're going to be there, when the first debit is, all the small little details that takes every objection out of their head. So it's like, are we both clear? Are we both clear? Here, sign here. And that is, I think, a critical step. And it blows my mind that people say still say no contracts. Yeah, I think 
the people that say no contracts are often like, oh, but I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna send this to a debt collector. That's like what a big gym would do, right? Because mm. you don't pay and you try and leave, they send your contract off to a debt collector, they follow you up. You're not gonna do that. We wouldn't do that either. That's not the taste I want to leave in a member's mouth. Mm. Trying to chase it up, and I, you give a half it away to the debt collector anyway. But what it does do is just you get agreement and you get like a psychological buy-in the most. Because then what you find is when they want to leave and you go back to the contract, they're like, oh yeah, true, yeah, I signed that. Yeah, you know, and they generally agree to. It. If you didn't have one at all, you got like nothing to go on. So it's not you don't put in contracts to just be evil and and you know put in something like hidden inside the contract that they don't actually see and then try and hold them to that. No, like we highlight the things we want them to see, but it just gets them more psychologically bought in. Yeah, you know, it's more like you know just paying for the first week they're not that bought in. Don't yeah. be expected when they leave, but when they pay for the first week, they go through all the terms of the contract, they see the exit fee. I'm in for this long, and then they sign that, they're in. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Um, okay, so I mean that really brings us to the final point here, which I think is, I think it's just kind of the overarching theme of life, which is good member retention comes down to great communication, and great communication is just always. I think sometimes you get a gut feeling about certain things. You get a gut feeling when you've been in business long enough, like, fuck, I really should reach out to that member. I should really reach out to this coach. I should really check the attendance reports. I should really build this system. I should really do this, really do that. Anything around communication. You have to follow this rule that we always follow, which is like, you can never be too clear and you can never, you need to always ask questions that are like, hey, does this make sense to you? Uh, Like, are, are we both on the same page here? Do you have any other questions? Is there anything else here that you need to be clear about? Just... Things like that along the journey with a client, making sure you're following up all the time, making sure your communication is really good, really clear. Hey, I'm always here if you need me. Make sure you reach out to me. Reach out to clients you haven't spoke to in a while. All these things just build the layers of communication that are really important with your clients. So it's very important to keep... I mean, how fucking easy is it? You just pull out your phone, you open WhatsApp and you just message clients. It doesn't get any easier than that. Business has become very streamlined in that way. So don't be fucking lazy communicate as often as possible with your clients. I don't think you can over-communicate with them. No, it's so much better. Rather than procrastinate, like, oh, the member's not that happy. I'll just avoid them. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> I what people do. do. Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, this person's not happy. And it's easy. It's the easy option. Yeah. Right? Like, it's the path of least resistance. It's like, oh, I know they're not happy. I'll just uh, get out of class early. Yeah. That's when they leave. Right. Yeah. And, and also, once they've put in that, I'm going to leave, it's really hard to pull them back. Because yeah. they've gone, they've thought about, they've committed. What you want to do, as soon as you even get an inkling, you jump on it and, that's, yeah, and, and yeah. you go speak to them and usually it's nothing. It was in your own head. Sometimes it is something and you were there early. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, hopefully that was helpful. Uh, this is some stuff you need to be implementing to obviously plug those holes in the bucket and that is going to save you time and headaches and it's going to help you grow down the track. So again, we always appreciate your time, guys. Remember, support our sponsors, MP and Blackroll, all the details at the start of the show. But in case you missed it, our website slash MP, our website slash Blackroll. And guys, Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll speak to you all next week. Thank you, Project, for tuning in again to another episode of the My Muscle Project. Uh, we release an episode every single Monday. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, the My Muscle Project, to stay up to date with everything we're doing. And if you have some time, leave us a review and a five-star rating on iTunes. And don't forget, we have a second show of the week, The After Show. So it's no longer a rest day on Thursdays. If you have any questions for Lachlan and I for that show, head to the MyMuscleProject.com forward slash the after show and if you ask a question we'll uh, we'll answer it on the show thanks again so much project and we'll see you all next week